It's me, Roz. Oh my god. I'm always looking for listener episode submissions by emailing me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. And wow, today's episode, we got stories and stories and stories. There's some epic tales. There's some shorter stories. There's some you're just going to have to hear for yourself. And as always on patreon.com slash you can hear more. I actually have three different clips from today's episode. Um, you're going to hear about some Catholic paranormal stuff. You're going to hear about a ghost tour where somebody touched a ghost. You're also going to hear about a spooky room in a childhood home. So go check that out on my second tier of patreon and i also have a video this week of me at the cavern club at casita del campo my favorite place i have been rehearsing a show there and i had some fellow performers tell me about their ghost stories and and uh show you around the place a bit so uh go check that out and um yeah let's hear some stories Here is this month's listener phone call extravaganza. On with the show. Hello, Christina in Pittsburgh. Hi, Roz. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Welcome back. A returning listener. I love it. Thank you for having me once again after a hiatus. (laughs) Yes. Well, have you had ghost stories since the last time we spoke, or are we going to talk about other like ghost stories from your life? So I have had some since, um, as well as these were older ones that I had thought about after we talked last. Oh my God. Perfect. And I love the instinct to be like, okay, some shit has gone down. I got to call Ross. <laughs> oh my gosh. And there were multiple times over, especially during uh the pandemic that i was like i have to reach back out to roz but you know life and everything but better late than never (laughs) yeah so what happens okay so um this first story actually happened over quarantine um i was staying with uh a former boyfriend we're still friends though you know so it's not like an ex but um so i was staying Uh, with him and uh, like you said I'm from Pittsburgh and he lives in a small like former mining neighborhood in southwestern Pennsylvania so like where where his house is I mean this whole neighborhood used to be coal miners that lived and worked there and um, you know almost like uh uh they had to, you know, work for the company store and all that. Like they were basically like slaves to the industry. So there's a lot of depression around there. Like you go down into that neighborhood and I mean, I'm an empath. 
So it feels heavy to me. And so he had told me that there were some things that happened in the house. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if every house in that neighborhood has a little bit of something because just because of, you know, the strife that people had to go through back then. So we were, I was staying there. This was probably like, what, let's see. Quarantines really started in March. So this might've been like April, May and it's late. It's like two in the morning and we're in his room and it, for people who don't know what a clavinova is, you know, it's a like an electric keyboard, like a piano, um, but you can record on it, and but you have to turn it on for it to work. And I heard the clavinova hit two keys, like two notes, like doo-doo. And r- right after that, he said to me, did you hear that? I was like, yeah, what that that was the clavinova. And at that time, his dog starts going crazy downstairs, barking, and she's an old girl and she can't hear anymore. So something obviously tipped her off. And I don't I, I'm sure people can relate. Whenever sometimes when I have these experiences, your brain automatically like makes it like starts to rationalize something else. So I was like, oh, well, it was probably like the cats or something. Well, those cats are never on surfaces like that. And it would have had to be on. Uh-huh. And also it was closed. The cover was over top of it. Oh. Yeah. Like weird. And I was like, oh my gosh, like somebody might be in your house. And he goes downstairs He checks it out. Everything's fine. The dog's still barking, but he calms the dog down. And I'm freaked out. Um, And I'm like, I'm not going down there. I'm so scared. And and I felt safer being left alone upstairs, even though like the upstairs feels kind of creepy. But I was like, I'm not going down there. (laughs) So I just hope I'm never in the position where I have to be him. Where it's like, <laughs> don't worry, I got this. No, absolutely not. Nope, no, thank you. <laughs> and so, if we fast forward to the morning, like like waking up morning time, and he ends up telling me that at like five in the morning, he got up to go down to the bathroom, and he walks down the steps. And he looks over, like it goes into the kitchen and he looks over by the microwave and he says that he saw like a full body apparition of a woman that it might be like 40s, 50s. He describes her as like wearing a dress. She had dark hair um, and she was kind of like grayscale. Like, not like, you know, in color or wispy, whatever. Like, it was just like kind of like she was black and white. And she walked into the bedroom that is next to it. I was like, what? I said, did you follow her? He said, yeah, I, I went in, but she was gone. He followed her? He followed her. He followed her. And I mean, I don't know what I would have done. And it was like she was gone like that. And does this guy get scared of this stuff at all? 
see, he he does and he doesn't. Like he, like I know that he's had other experiences there too. Um, where like there was one part where he was yelling at some like misty figure that was like floating near his bed, and he was like, "Get out of here!" And they left. So I think it's just a lot of residual stuff there. Oh and my he, god! I, I would have moved know. out. <laughs> or figured something i would have had at least like now we have a gator an empty gatorade bottle next to the bed because i am not getting up in the middle of the night i'm gonna figure it out there is no way at 5 a.m i'm gonna be walking around with some black and white grayscale lady walking through things absolutely not i know like and when they when she did that it was almost like i, I he said it was almost like she wanted him to follow her so he like did again it's like those things where your body and your mind react um and rationalize in the moment and then when you step back and like moments have passed you're like what the fuck wait a minute that doesn't make any sense so then did you just keep staying there yeah because i'm crazy (laughs) now his daughter he is a um a 12 year old daughter and at the time uh she was like just turning 11 and if you talk to her about the house, she just says it nonchalantly. Like she says that, you know, she sees things in her room like, oh, yeah, there's there's a woman and and there's a boy and there's a man. I don't really like the man. I mean, he doesn't do anything, but he creeps me out like the way that she would just rattle this off. <laughs> I would have been crying and sleeping with my parents every night. There's no way. Um, But then I can't remember what else had happened. There was something else that happened that I said, "Uh, that's it. I'm I'm done with it. We're taking care of this. And I had actually um, brought some Palo Santo with me. And I said, we're, we're, we're cleansing a little bit because we need to be able to sleep and we're quarantined. So like, as you've said on your show, you know, so many people are having these experiences because we're spending so much time in these spaces. Yeah. So, like, nope. Nope. Uh, 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 we're doing this tonight before, before we go to bed. So I go down and I, I, I do this a lot. I'm, I'm hippy dippy. And, uh, I start like, you know, centering myself, surrounding myself in a white light, praying, you know, whatever works for people. Like I do my own thing. Um, But so I'm lighting it and I'm going from room to room. And he is like, he's like crying because he's like, it was like overwhelming. Like the energy was just overwhelming in that house. And when I went into the bedroom where that ghost had walked into, I got over the one side of the bed and I got filled with this nausea, like overcome with that, like quick, like you're hot. Um, And it's all, I had talked to another friend of mine who um, is, you know, dabbles in this type of thing as well. And um, she said, oh yeah, that was any negative. That was the negative leaving. And the negative was probably not happy about that and not happy about you taking charge of it. But so I would say, after that, I never really had any experiences. Um, I mean, there was one time where I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye, but I mean, that happens all the time. Um, but nothing to the degree like we experienced during that time. Yeah. So 
Paulo Santo worked. <laughs> <laughs> Has he reported anything else happening? No, not not recently. Um, just the stuff from before. Yeah, I mean, that's such a tricky situation. Like, God, especially during a pandemic. Because in my mind... I would probably be like, okay, if you're good, you could stay, but don't scare me. If you're bad, you got to go. That's Uh, literally my mantra. I always say, um, you know, like I give like a speech saying, okay, you know, the good, good energy. Yes. Stay. You're welcome. The bad must leave. And I usually like either open a door or crack a window and show them the way out. And um, the mantra that I repeat. Pittsburgh, it's your problem now. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Deal with it. (laughs) Um, But I usually say um, the good may stay, the bad must leave. The good may stay, the bad must leave. So, yeah, just keeping that strength because that's the thing, too. Like, you don't want to be disrespectful to any of these two. You just want to be firm. But you know what's something that's really interesting is... I know this from like acting class and stuff where we talk about villains, for example, and like typically a villain does not think that they're bad. Like what they're doing is good and they're just trying to succeed at what their bad thing is, but to them it's not bad. And so it's really like, do they know that they're bad? Like... That's a very good question. I I would, the the way that I categorize it is, you know, do you have good intent for everyone and for everything? Or are you more so self-seeking? Are you out of revenge? Are you, you know, things, that's why I, I say I work in the light. I don't work with the dark. Um, so, you know, everything that has a good intention and, you know, who knows how that's actually controlled because right. Like, how do they know like, Oh, I'm, I'm bad. I have to go. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it is also like, okay, fine. I'll leave, but I'm going to make you nauseous. Right. Yeah. It was like last little jab. You're going to make me get out of here. Well, here's like a punch to the gut. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it did. I was like, I got that like head rush. And you know, when you get that nausea, all of a sudden you feel hot and everything. And it was quick. It went away within like 10 seconds, but um, yeah. So, and I don't know that the, um, the woman was good or bad, but maybe Maybe she was trying to say, hey, like, there's something in here that shouldn't be in here. Yeah. And so I don't know. Also, too, I, for- <laughs> I forgot an important detail, too. Um, apparently, his grandmother um, passed in that bedroom when he was a kid. So, oh. yeah. Could it be a younger version of her? I I wonder that. And he couldn't really describe any specific features other than she had dark hair. Um, so I don't know, maybe it was, but I would like to think that it was somebody that was saying, Hey, there's something going on here that needs addressed. And, um, (laughs) I was just like, that's it. I'm done with it (laughs) for saging. (laughs) God. Ooh, well, tell me another one. Okay. Let's see. So another one. Um, okay. I, you have had, um, a listener or two bring up Gettysburg before. Oh my God. 
Yes, I just talked to someone that will be on the same episode about Gettysburg. Get out. Okay, so this is perfect then. Okay, so my best friend from college lives in Harrisburg, which is about an hour away from Gettysburg. I had gone to Gettysburg as a kid, and I hated it because, you know, as 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 we talked before, too, that, um, you know, I had abilities as a kid, and... Um, you know, I was really afraid of it and I put a block up. I remember like that night having a nightmare about like a Confederate soldier, like being in my ho- being in my hotel room. And yeah, like I, I did not, I didn't like the energy or anything. Now that I'm older and, you know, I've accepted that I do have these abilities, um, I was more interested to go out. So we took a day trip there. And it is beautiful. And it is, though, like the the energy can be very heavy, especially when you go around this time of year, because that's when it happened. So it was summertime. And they have a thing uh, that's called the car tour. And you basically just drive in your car and you follow like a map. Like there's there's signs that say car tour this way. And it goes through each of the three days of the battles. So we're on this car tour and, you know, of course, I, I got my phone out with my Snapchat and it's just really pretty. It's a beautiful day and I have my phone up. We come to like a T in the road and I'm looking out of my window. So on the passenger side, so out the, out the right and she is going to be turning left. And as I have my Snapchat up, I see through my phone, like, so through Snapchat, as I'm taking a picture, what seems to be like a man riding a bicycle, okay? Like, and in my head, you know, like I said, with that rationalization, I'm like, oh, okay, somebody, somebody's like riding their bike. And I pull my phone down after I took the picture and there's nothing there, like nothing, And it's not like, oh, he went into the tree line or, oh, there was a little roadway there. No, he would have had to have been riding through the grass. And there was, there's like, um, they make, there's all these fences around that have, um, they're either made out of the wood posts or the stone. And there, it was a combination of both there. So he would have literally (laughs) went into a fence too. And I remember like pulling my phone down making that realization she's turning the car and i said to her uh dude i think i got something on this pic on this phone she's like what i was like yeah because i could tell that there was something on the picture but i was like we'll look later so look later yeah (laughs) you saw later when we get back or it might have been before that i pull out my phone and there is something there like what is that and I zoom in on it and it actually looks like it's like a couple like silvery blobs like not like an orb or you know it doesn't look like a person it looks like two silvery blobs kind of like a la Alex Mack (laughs) oh my god yes like those old Capri Sun commercials yes yes exactly like that yes Uh And I zoom in too, and you know, it gets a little pixelated, but it's, it's just these like blobs. 
And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, we caught, like, I must have caught some type of energy or something on there. But as it was happening in, in real time, it seemed, it looked like somebody on a bicycle. Yes. It looked like someone was like riding a bike, like a guy riding a bike. And I even like did research later because I was like, did they even have bicycles back then? Like what? the? And they did. But I don't know how, you know, popular they were around that area. Well, hey, it could have been from any, you know, the past, who, who knows? Like it could be from any decade. That's a good point. It doesn't have to be during uh, the Civil War. It could be afterwards. But it was so strange. And this was the time, this was that summer when Pokemon Go blew up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I guess there were people like, oh, they have all these monuments. And so a lot of those monuments were like Pokemon stops and gyms and whatever. <laughs> and um, when we went over to her parents, I'm like showing her dad. And he's like, I know what that is like what he goes it's a pokemon and i was like (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that was and i still have the picture too so maybe i'll put it in the facebook group or something oh yeah do it please because that's so creepy i want to hear more i want to hear about this dog ghost (gasps) okay my dog cooper um so cooper was a sheltie a shetland sheepdog and he was very much a member of our family. I always called him my puppy brother. Um, and he would sing, like very easily prompted too. Um, but he was just full of personality. And he died um, shortly before his 11th birthday. And it was unexpected too. Like we, he, he got sick. He had been sick for a long time and got better. But then all of a sudden he was sick and it just kind of happened quickly. So we were all, I mean, I've, I've lost some people, some important people in my life, but I have never mourned like something so hard as I mourned that dog. Oh, my dog is sick right now. I can't hear this. (laughs) Oh, sending him all the good vibes. Yes. He's so cute, too. Rocky. I know. (laughs) It's so sad. He's coughing like crazy. But um, it's okay. Okay, okay. Back to the story. (laughs) Um, He's not going to (laughs) die. No, it's fine. It's great. He'll never die. Ever, 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 ever. Won't allow it. (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, even if he does, maybe these types of things will happen. Ooh, okay. My sister, um, Caitlin, who, you know, I've mentioned before, she's a huge fan as well. Um, she has a lot of these experiences where um, she feels like she sees him or like he used to, he used to lay on the floor And you'd be walking toward him and he'd still lay there, lay there, lay there until you're like right up on top of him. And then all of a sudden he would get up and she was walking out of her bedroom shortly after he had died and almost tripped over something that she was like, I saw it move. She said that was the closest I ever got to it. It was so freaky, but she also felt like, well, that's Cooper. It's okay. He's and he was laying in her in her bedroom doorway too. She was sleeping with the, with the door open. So that was one instance. And then there was another time really shortly after he died that 
she saw him, <laughs> she like saw him looking into her room. Um, and he was on top of my mom has this like, it, it's at my mom's house. She has this big secretary. Um, and it was like he was standing on top of the secretary, which is like really weird because why would he be doing that? But it was like he was doing it so my sister could see him. And she said, I swear it lasted like 10 seconds and and then he was gone. And so then more recently, so now he's he died mm, like two and a half years ago. And my sister, so we now, my mom now has two dogs and they're both um, Shetland sheepdogs, Shelties, like Cooper was. Um, and my sister looked out the window and saw what kind of looked like, like a white tail, um, like, like the top of like, like a white dog. And she thought it was Baxter, our, our one dog who really looks a lot like Cooper did. And she looks over in the corner and Baxter's sleeping in the corner. She was like, oh my gosh, that, and then, and she thought, well, it could have been a reflection. It could have been this or that and wrote it off a little bit, but also kept it in her mind. Two days later, my mom has a very similar experience. And this time the window is open. So there's no way it could have been a reflection. Um, she really thought it was, oh, who let the dogs outside? But then like, they're right over here. So, and my mom has a fence too. It's not like there's other, and there's no other neighborhood dogs that look like our dogs either. So it was just strange. They're telling me these things are happening and I'm like, oh, like, I mean, that's great, but Cooper hasn't like made himself, you know, uh, present to me at all since all of this. And so I was at my mom's house. My mom was out of town. Um, and my sister and I were there taking care of the dogs and, um, I laid down on my mom's bed cause she has the best bed, <laughs> laid down on my mom's bed to take like a little nap in the middle of the day. And, uh, Baxter is actually so athletic. He can jump up onto my mom's bed, which is really high up. So he, they had been in there in the morning. They're gone, whatever the door shut. So I'm half asleep and it feels like a dog is walking around on the bed and then like lays down and snuggles up next to me. And, you know, I'm just thinking, oh, it's Baxter. I go back to sleep. And when I wake up for real, I realize I'm alone in the room. So I go out and I said to my sister, hey, did you let the dogs in at any point while I was in there? She said, no, they were with me the whole time. And I just kind of laughed and I said, well, Cooper finally made himself present to me because I swear he just snuggled up to me in there. <laughs> so it's almost like he's like, hey, like, don't feel bad. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so sweet. Yeah. So, like, you know, even though and I actually got um, my, a friend of ours from. Uh, high school, grade school, high school. Um, she's a very talented artist. She does a lot of pet portraits. And I got a pet portrait done for my sister of Cooper. I mean, a couple years before he died, because my sister would say that Cooper was her best friend. I mean, they were, they were very, very, very close. She was the alpha. And, um, like I even have a picture of when I gave it to her, like he's sniffing it. And, um,
like he approved <laughs> he approved Aww. of his portrait and Baxter will will sometimes bark at the the portrait and um or like look at it like kind of cower away from it almost like Cooper's like hey you know you might be there now but I'm still top dog <laughs> and oh uh God. but so it's nice that you know he he always kind of shows up when when it, what it seems to be is he shows up when needed like you know um oh. he shows up when my sister might be feeling anxious or sad or whatever needs that little reminder like hey everything's okay so you know that's at least there's that you know at least you know we, even though i i don't necessarily think that he like is trapped at my mom's house or anything like that. I really think that he's kind of like a messenger just shows up to be like, Hey, I'm okay. And you guys are okay. And so it's, it's really nice. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hi Roz. I am great. How are you? I am so good. Um, where are you? I am in Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. I was reading your email and you sound like you are a ghost tour, ghost ghost walk <laughs> queen. Yes. So is that, is that like a thing you're into when you go different places? It is, yeah. I've done them in several different cities that I've been to. I mean... I've talked about this before and I I enjoy them a lot but I feel like usually when I go it's just like there's a building right there somebody died in it here's the story all right let's keep moving and then like nothing ever happens like nothing like (laughs) I haven't been on one where you like go into like a haunted place well actually I have but nothing's really happened to me but what has happened to you? Yeah, so I feel like nothing ever happens to anyone. So I guess I'm just like the weird exception. Um, I need to go with you next time. (laughs) So on my first ever ghost tour, I was like 11 years old. Um, I am originally from Maryland, but I live in Virginia now. And I grew up about like an hour or so south of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which is where the Battle of Gettysburg happened. So obviously there's like tons of ghosts there or allegedly tons of ghosts there. Um, And I have always been interested in ghosts for like my whole life, even as a kid, which is probably weird. I don't know. I was a weird kid. And so my mom had wanted to take me to go on a ghost walk in Gettysburg. And we finally got to go one summer and, uh, So nothing was happening. I didn't really, I was kind of hoping there'd be like ghosts, you know, walking around everywhere that I would just be seeing or feeling or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then uh, at one point we went to the, it was kind of like an alley, like behind, um, behind like a row of houses. It was kind of like in the downtown, like Gettysburg town. And there was, so there was a row of houses on one side of the road and the other side across there was like garages and it was just like a, just an alley kind of a wider alley not a very skinny one and it was paved and in the middle of it there was a section of it that was concrete and let me preface this by saying that I cannot 
like verify that this is 100% historically accurate, but this is what I was told <laughs> was that during the Battle of Gettysburg. Welcome to Ghosted. Right? I never know. I'm always like, I'm pretty sure this is what I've heard. Don't take it from me. People exactly. have Google now. It's fine. Anyone can, has a computer in their hand at all times. Yes. So I try to look it up, but I can't verify it 100%. So there, so in this area that was concrete in this alley, um, there it was actually water running underneath it. So that's why it was paved differently. And during the Battle of Gettysburg, there were soldiers, and I don't remember which side they were on, but they were stationed like down kind of in the ravine, like where the water was. And they weren't allowed to move. And this I do know for sure, on the third day of the Battle of Gettysburg, it rained and stormed. So um, that did actually happen. So allegedly the water started to flood and the soldiers that were stationed there weren't allowed to move. And apparently some of them kind of got swept away and drowned. So we were told, you know, when you walk across the concrete, oh, you're going to feel like soldiers reaching up to like try to grab onto something to stop themselves from drowning. So it's like, oh, that's the most stereotypical ghost story ever. Even as an 11 year old, I could tell that. So I started walking. So scary. I know. It's really creepy. So I started walking across the concrete and I stepped like a, a step or two. And then all of a sudden, I felt something on my ankle. Um, and it felt kind of like almost like if, you know how when you walk through like a cobweb or like a spider web and it you can kind of feel it but there's nothing like solid there yeah like i describe it as like it didn't feel like a literal hand on my ankle it felt like if there was like a ice cold cobweb on my right ankle Ew. And the weird part was that the whole way across the concrete, it, it wasn't super far. It was like less than 10 feet. I felt it. And the second I got back to the asphalt, it stopped. Oh, God. <laughs> so oh. in that moment, are you like, this is what I came for. I set out to achieve something and I got to encounter a ghost. Or were you like, I'm out of here. This is stupid. <laughs> this is terrible. I was I was a little afraid. <laughs> um I, w I definitely wasn't like, this is stupid. I was kind of thinking this is not what I expected to happen. I was expecting, you know, a ghost to walk in front of me, which is obviously very unrealistic. Um, but I, I, so I was like, well, I guess I've had my ghost experience. So I told uh -huh. my mom and she was like, oh, okay. Well, like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> but okay. I just remember <laughs> one of these books that I read when I was a kid that was like, you know, ghost stories, but like f for children. And mm -hmm. it was like th this, these people went to Gettysburg and, you know, they do like those reenactment shows mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. where the people are all costumed and they, yeah. they pretend they're battling. And they're like, wow, we, the, you know, they see this, this battle and people are just like, you know, they're shooting each other and it's like, it looks so crazy and realistic. And then they tell like the, the people that work there and like, I don't know, the gift shop or whatever. They're like, Hey, the show today was so realistic. And then they're like, we didn't have a show today. <laughs> that, yes. That is so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that um, did not happen. <laughs> I also want to hear the story about your grad grad school apartment. Oh, my gosh. This was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. And I don't know if it's a ghost, but I cannot explain it in any way. Yeah. 
First of um, all, grad school. Ooh la la. <laughs> what were you studying? Forensic psychology. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. I feel like there's this interview could go in a whole different direction. I have a lot of questions, <laughs> but we'll keep it to this for now. Okay, what happened in this apartment? Okay, so it's going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but basically I wear glasses or contacts. Um, if I don't have like my glasses on, I can't see more than like eight inches in front of my face without it being blurry. So I can't like function without some kind of visual aid, basically. So my way. <laughs> yeah, it's which terrible. I always think about. Like, what if I saw a ghost in the middle of the night? Like, I right, it would be blurry. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able. And by to the time really I reach for my glasses, at. it would be gone. Probably. Exactly. I think about that sometimes too. <laughs> Because I'm always like, these people are like, oh, I woke up and I saw this man. And then they, you know, they start describe, oh, he had right. five wrinkles <laughs> on his cheek. I'm like, how can you see that far? <laughs> yes, it's so true. I'm so envious of people who can like see. <laughs> so my roommate was gone for the weekend and I was a klutz and I dropped an earring down the sink. Um, and I didn't know how to get it out. So I had to wait till the next day for maintenance to come. So I texted my roommate, asked if I could use her bathroom for the night to like brush my teeth and everything. And I didn't actually end up using her bathroom until the next morning to like put my contacts in. So anyway, so I distinctly remember like watching TV, reading. I had my glasses like on my face and then on the top of my head while I was reading, put them away um on you know in my glasses case on my bedside table the next morning i woke up and i could not find them anywhere um i was the only person in our apartment i tore my room apart couldn't find them went into ended up going into my roommate's bathroom and putting my contacts in because i figured well maybe uh, you know maybe i'll be able to see to find my glasses (laughs) could not find them anywhere even with my contacts in I brought my stuff into her bathroom I put and I say this because I put it like on her counter and I had to move this little like box out of the way and then when I was done I moved the box back picked my stuff back up brought it back into my own bathroom she got home that afternoon I still hadn't found my glasses so I went into her room to tell her hey like you know I can't find my glasses if you see them somewhere like on a table or something let me know and then I and when I was walking back out of her room, I walked past her bathroom and glasses were sitting on top of the little box next to her sink. And I hadn't put them there. And she had gone in there when she got home and she said they weren't there. Did you have other, like anything else ever happen in there? Not really. I think one time our like Alexa device like said something randomly in the middle of the night. Um, but I don't know. The energy was like a little bit weird there. Um, yeah, I feel like my roommate and I were both kind of going through a lot. So I feel like there was a lot of like negative energy kind of just like from us. So I don't know if that could have caused it maybe. Um, but nothing like that ever happened again. But it was just so significant that like, yeah, I don't know. It was very weird. But it was God. also it was. It was just outside of Alexandria, Virginia, which is another old, very old historical town. It wasn't in the downtown, but it was right outside of it. So, you know, that area has been around for a very long time. So it's totally possible that it could have been haunted and just not, we we just didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe it was like a windy day and one of those ghosts like blew in for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Totally. But I mean, like, that's the thing with like, 
talking about this stuff all the time for me on this podcast is like, sure, I have this idea, as most of us do, where like these weird things happen in your home if somebody died there or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, there's so many things. It could be a ghost that's like, oh, I don't really want attention, so I'm just going to, like, chill for a while. And then one day they're like, you know what? I think I could help Katie out. And then just like, <laughs> okay, I'll do my ghost thing for, like, five seconds, and I'm going back to my little ghost closet or whatever. Or it's yeah. like, it could be some kind of, I don't know, guardian angel or, right. <laughs> you know, it's like it could be so many things. Yes, it's so true. I say and it's paranormal. <laughs> I think so, too. I have always said it is. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, speaking of, you want to hear a ghost voice with me? Oh my gosh, yes! Ooh, okay! Let's listen to an EVP. EVPs? Or EV please. So, this one is from Soulmates Paranormal on YouTube. And I couldn't really tell where. It just says that it's at a private residence in a children's bedroom. Oh, that's creepy. I know. So (laughs) tell me what this says. Okay, of course, it's like real quick. Um, I'll do it again. Is it like, (laughs) I see that? I see that. It's definitely like a whispery. It sounds aggressive to me. Wait, let's play it again. Ooh, I can hear that. I see that. It's definitely like three words. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay, know well, that I see that is right, but I know it's three words. <laughs> well, I'll give you some options. One okay. of these is what they believe it says. Is it A, Nestle chocolate? Is it B, nasty child? Is it C, that's too much? Or D, Nancy Grace? I'm going to say nasty child. Okay. Let me play it again. <laughs> that is what they think. They think it says nasty child, which I can hear. Yeah. And they're um, in a kid's room. Right. So that makes sense. That's a clue. Um, let me play it again. I mean, I also hear Nestle chocolate. Yes. I, yes, definitely. Maybe they wanted some cookies. Maybe. Or maybe it was Nancy Grace. (laughs) I've been ghosted, too. From my hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan, Julia. Hello. How are you? Hi, Roz. I'm so good. How are you? I'm so good. And I love that you're from my hometown. I love that you're from where I'm from. (laughs) Have you been to haunted places in Grand Rapids, Michigan? I have not, unfortunately. But so you spoke about the Ada witch and I work in Ada. And so every time I'm driving home, I'm like keeping an eye out on the road. I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll see her. (laughs) Totally. Oh, my God. You should go to that cemetery. It is so spooky it's called i think it's called the findley cemetery f-i-n-l-e-y finley i think that's what it's called don't quote me but it's like on this dark uh kind of like 
country road i maybe this is just in my mind but i want to say it's like a dirt road and it's like one lane and especially at nighttime it's pitch black because there's like trees everywhere and then there's this little cemetery with like a creaky old like gate and um and apparently that's where she haunts Oh my gosh. Well, I have co-workers who also love your podcast, so maybe we should make like an after work trip out of it one day. Oh my God. You guys can be correspondents reporting (laughs) live from the Findlay Cemetery in Ada, Michigan. (laughs) Yes. Can you tell me a ghost story? Yes. Um, So the one that I had emailed you about, like the main one happened around Christmas of 2018. I was visiting my mom's side of the family for Christmas in Corpus Christi, Texas. And um, we were staying at my aunt's house. And the first question I ask anytime I go anywhere new is, is this place haunted? And I don't know, I just do it for fun. I've like always been really into the paranormal, but also kind of to like prepare myself just in case a place is, but really just for the reassurance that it's not. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but my mom, or not, I'm sorry, not my mom. My aunt said that it was, that there's like a male energy that lingers around. And I just tried to put that out of my mind. Um, nothing really happened the first couple of days that I was there. But one night I'm in my room that I was staying in there And I was sleeping. I had kind of, I had just gone to bed. So it was kind of that like half asleep, half awake space where all of the spooky things tend to happen. Um, Oh, yeah. And I heard, and I can still hear it as clear as day in my left ear. It was like, it was like a scream of a, like a man voice saying something along the lines of like, I'm going to show you that this house is haunted. And then started like screaming in my ear, just like, nah. Um, (laughs) and then my bed started shaking. And so I screamed bloody murder and, um, like really in real life. And I woke up from it and it woke up my aunt and uncle, it woke up my mom and dad and everybody just like ran to my room and we're like, Oh my God, what's wrong? Are you okay? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I just had a bad dream. And then, you know, we all went back to bed and then the next day, I was out shopping with my mom and she, she's always been really into the paranormal too. And she's had a lot of her own experiences. And so she was kind of, she was asking me about it. She was like, Julia, like what happened? (laughs) And I, it took me a minute to tell her, I didn't, I don't know, like to not talk about it made it feel like maybe it just wasn't real. So eventually she got it out of me though. And so later that night, I, I went out and while I was gone, apparently my mom told me this later, but my mom went into the room that I was staying in and she was kind of like talking to whatever energy was there. She was like, you need to leave. Like you don't belong here, blah, 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 blah. So, and then later that night, my mom goes to bed and she has about a sleep paralysis and in the corner of the room, she sees like this male figure And she, you know, she can't move. She can't scream. She can't talk. She can't do anything. Um, And then she told me about it the next day. And we were just like, what? (laughs) What happened? And so. Wait, but what happened to you that night? Like, was it peaceful in your room? Yeah, I just really didn't sleep. (laughs) 
Okay. We sleep the rest of the time that I was there. So nothing else happened to me while I was there in regards to like experiencing that presence or hearing it again. Um, so, but my mom, she had the sleep paralysis. And then the next day, my, um, another aunt and uncle came over to visit us and we are like, a we're, we're a Mexican family, but my family down there is also like super Catholic. And I have an aunt and uncle who are really involved in their church. They're really involved in like prayer groups and they have supported, um, I don't know if I want to like call it exorcisms because that feels really extreme, but essentially they support that. <laughs> um, and so we were telling my mom or we were telling my aunt and uncle what happened but to me and my mom and they were like, oh yeah, you know, your mom pissed it off because I guess like only the owner of a house can kind of banish any sort of energy. I don't know if all of that is true or not, but essentially my mom pissed it off by trying to make it go away. <laughs> um, so that's why she had the sleep paralysis. But but wait, wait, the, the people that live there. So like what kind of stuff would be happening? Yeah. So my aunt and uncle said that they will be like sitting in the living room, watching TV. They'll see a shadow go by They're They'll hear footsteps, but it doesn't bother them. Um, it's just something that they are aware is there and they kind of just coexist together. Okay. So this ghost is not used to being yelled right, at. Right. Exactly. This like, ghost is like used to just being like hanging out with your aunt and uncle. And then all of a sudden these people come in and they're like, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, her house, like you could tell there was like a heavy vibe to it anyway. It's also probably because she just like never opens the curtains (laughs) but like it's Mm. super dark in there and it just feels heavy and stuffy and so you know oh so the ghost is in paradise totally (laughs) totally it's like this whole house is basically a basement (laughs) for me okay um and even my dad who's like the most skeptical person ever like you he would never admit that anything is going on even he you know while we were talking to my other aunt and uncle, the ones who had came to visit us, um, that like, oh yeah, you know, I was watching TV last night and you know, I, I heard it go by. And so everyone's admitting that like, there's this energy in the home and that it just kind of minds its own business. But for whatever reason, it was like attacking me and my mom. Um, okay. So <laughs> my aunt and uncle, the ones that are super involved in their church, they started praying over me. They like put their hands on my forehead and had me close my eyes and were doing whatever prayer blessing that they do essentially with like their clients and their church. And I started to just feel so nauseous. Like I felt like I was going to vomit. I just, I felt ill. And then that, you know, that persisted for a little while there. They prayed over me. This lasted maybe 15, 20 minutes. Um, and eventually like the ill feeling went away and I started to feel this like warmth run from the tops of my shoulders, like down my arms. And, um, they kept praying, they kept praying, they kept praying. And once they were done, they asked me how I was feeling. And then I told them that I experienced those like physical symptoms while they were doing what they were doing. And they were essentially like, yeah, you know, like (laughs) the nausea that you were feeling the ill feeling was 
like whatever was attaching itself to you like leaving and then the warmth that you were experiencing was like Jesus like coming over you and I'm not I'm not religious like I'm super spiritual but I still believe that whatever higher power <laughs> um it was like was like it, it was just an experience that you can't shake I don't know I don't I don't know how else to explain it but I mean, I'm also not religious and I'm and the thing that I'm always afraid of is like if that was to happen to me and then people prayed and it made the thing go away, I would feel like, okay, now I need to like become a nun and devote my life to Catholicism. Right. I know. I I became like super Catholic for like two weeks after that. I was like, nah, I still don't like this. (laughs) Let me go back to my crystals and tarot cards, please. But, but I mean, again, it's like that it it could be that that's it's just that conviction. Like clearly your your aunt and uncle very much believe that. And the power of that belief is what can shoo something away. And I think that it's possible that the same can be said about, you know, burning Palo Santo or, or sage or crystal or whatever it is that you believe mm-hmm. Um I, I, it seems to me, I don't know nothing about nothing, but it seems to me like that could be what it is after talking to so many professionals about this kind of thing. Yeah, I completely agree. It's like you're setting that intention, you're setting that protection, you're setting those boundaries and those limits. And it just really, whatever religion or ideology you're coming from, or even if it's just spirituality, like it's all the same, you just call it different things, it seems. Um, right. But so after that, I was still feeling pretty anxious. And a while after, maybe an hour later, they checked on me again and they were like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I told them that I was just still feeling like kind of heavy, like I felt better, but I just felt like a heaviness in my chest, like just a lot of anxiety. Um, so then my aunt, she takes off her crucifix that she was wearing. They just always wear necklaces with crosses on them. And she put it on me. And I just instantly felt lighter. It was the weirdest thing. And I told her that she was like, oh yeah, it's blessed with an exorcism prayer. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh, wow. So So they're like really into the exorcism thing. Yeah. They just carry around exorcism crosses. Right, exactly. I don't know. Maybe they're afraid that they're going to pick up whatever energy just like going to the grocery store. (laughs) Now, do you think that that was like a coincidence that they happened to be there at this time or do do did they already know like oh, i have a feeling that this ghost is gonna is gonna possess julia or like you know what i mean like did did they know that they were entering a haunted house like i can't remember what you said about that yeah so i don't think they walked in expecting to hear this story from me and my mom but they've <laughs> You know, they've visited that house before and they have confirmed also that like, oh, yeah, there's definitely some some presence here. Um, But when they were when they came over that day to visit, they were just visiting because we go down to visit them like only every few years. They sound like the Mexican Ed and Lorraine Warren. And I want that movie series. (laughs) They are. oh my god that is amazing they are oh my god i never thought about that before (laughs) 
<laughs> so that was that so, experience. Uh, okay. And it still is so terrifying. And my mom and I talk about it all the time still. And we're just like, can't believe we shared that together, but also really glad that we shared that experience together. Um, I think just like it was super validating for the both of us that what what just happened was real. <laughs> Did they like get the ghost out of there or do you think it's still there? I think it's still there. They didn't do anything to cleanse the home. They were just trying to remove the attachment from whatever was attaching itself to me and whatever level of attachment it was. They were just trying to like cut that. Got it. Okay. That ghosty is probably still lingering. (laughs) (gasps) There's a ghost in my house. Hello, Jay in West Hollywood. Oh my God. Thank you. How are you? I'm terrific. I am so fascinated by the email you sent me. It sounds like there's a lot of things going on here, but there's a a witch in Mexico that I feel like we got to get to. What is this story, Jay? So in 2009, some friends and I decided to sell all of our worldly belongings and buy an RV, and we were going to drive from Oakland, California to Costa Rica to start basically a commune in the jungle and we (laughs) were not good planners and we're just like this ragtag group of hippies so of course we don't have any contingency plan or anything and we run out of money in mexico and there's nothing we can do because we can't drive the rv we can't feed ourselves there's nothing we can do um but we eventually like we can get little pockets of money here and there from people who take pity on us. And so we make our way very slowly through Mexico and we decide to camp uh, next to this river that we heard about that has this waterfall that people go to. And we wash our laundry in the river. I'm hanging it up to dry. And this man out of nowhere is standing next to me and he says, have you seen my keys? And I was like, no, I don't think I have. And then I realized, oh, he's speaking English to me. And I turn around and look and there, he's just like the most normal looking person you can think of. And I said, I haven't seen your keys. I, I'm sorry, what it's like, what a terrible place to lose your keys, frankly. Um, and <laughs> he, we start talking and he says, I'm camped down the way along the river. So please come join me tonight. We'll have hot dogs. And I thought that sounds great. Like I said, we were all starving. So we go to his campsite late at night and we have a campfire and we roast hot dogs and we're telling ghost stories to each other. And he's telling us Mexican ghost stories. We're telling him all of our like sad stories that honestly do not compare to his stories. Mexican ghost Um, stories are some of the scariest stories. They are so (laughs) scary. And ours are just, they sucked. So... Uh, anyway, I said, hey, I'm making pancakes for breakfast in the morning. Why don't you come to our campsite and we'll cook you breakfast? And he says, sure. And the next morning I get up and I make breakfast and there's no sign of him. So I fix a plate and I carry it down to his campsite. And there like was no campsite. There was no sign of anyone ever being there. 
There was no fire pit. There was nothing. Like there were no tracks from his car. There, he had a car. He had this tiny little pup tent, um, like Snoopy sleeps in, like just like the fabric over the stick. And there was nothing there. And so we're joking and we're like, ha ha, he must have been a ghost. Um, and we would refer to him like remember like having hot dogs with the ghost wasn't that funny you know because we were in Mexico for months at a time so it just was one of our funny memories (laughs) well we're driving down and now we're in Oaxaca like the beach in Oaxaca and at this point we all hate each other because it's going very badly and so I see a sign that says to the beach and I say I need to go swimming I am I'm really hot and there's mosquitoes all over me and I can't stand this and I hate all of you. So I'm going swimming and we get to this place and it's the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life. There's a lagoon that's beautifully clear and there's like stingrays swimming in the water and pelicans. It's just Eden. It was so beautiful. And on our like third day there, um, there's this woman walking along the beach in this long flowy white skirt and she has this pink shirt on and she comes up to me while I'm sleeping on the beach and she says, have you seen my spaceship? And I open my eyes and I'm like, what? And she repeated herself and I'm a smart ass. So I was like, yeah, I saw it over there. Like, <laughs> keep walking lady and she came back the next day have you seen my spaceship and i was like yeah like why do you keep asking me this i told you i was just very short with her now keys i can understand losing right spaceship a whole spaceship so i didn't know what was going on i just thought you know she was just living on the beach like ourselves and so you know more power to her but I wasn't getting involved, but she comes by enough times. I'm like, okay, tell me about this spaceship. What am I looking for? And she tells me this story. Her name is Felicity. And she was a nurse in the French part of Canada. So she had a really pronounced accent. And this woman went into a coma And she experienced what's called a walk-in, she said, where an alien spirit now lives in this body. They got rid of Felicity, and a new spirit lives in her body. But when you say alien, we're not talking like outer space alien. Yes, outer space alien. Well, interdimensional, she said she's from the fifth dimension, where she has a family, they... Her people sent her here because Earth is like on the cusp of understanding new things and enlightening humankind, right? This is what she's saying. So they sent her here because there's basically stargates and she had to open the stargates like this portal so they can get through. And they were all in Mexico. There were three of them in a triangle. And the very last one, she said, was in this lagoon where we were all camping. And, yeah, so she she wakes up from this coma as a new person. 
she gets on a plane using, I'm assuming, the dead Felicity's money. I don't know if this new person had any kind of money. But she said she realized on the plane to Hawaii, because that's where she knew she had to go, that she didn't speak English and Hawaii is in America. And she's like, what am I going to do? But she gets off the plane and there's someone at the airport, a six something foot tall Native American man who comes up to her and he says, Felicity, I've been waiting for you. And then he goes and teaches her how to be a healer of earth and also teaches her English. And so after their like tutelage was over, she goes to Mexico to start this journey, right? So here we are. She's got two of these gates open. The last one is out in the ocean where we're camping. And she's like, I'm a tired old lady I can't even afford my own food. How am I supposed to go out there and do this? Like I'm done. And the reason she was looking for her spaceship was because she was expecting to die any day now. And the spaceship was going to take her back to her people. And then the body of Felicity was just going to like be left in Mexico, I guess. Okay. So, right. It's a very weird story. But then I'm thinking like, okay, I'm pretty weird too. And I'm having this really wild trip of a lifetime permanent vacation kind of situation. And I thought maybe I should help this old woman achieve what she wants to do, right? So I think I'll help her with her spell. And she's teaching me this chant in ancient Hebrew and these signs that I have to like write on myself. And then I think my, like, extra special piece of the spell is I'm going to take this big 10-pound hunk of rose quartz that I brought with me, and I'm going to, like, sacrifice it to the ocean. So I go out there, and the waves become enormous. And no matter what I can do, I cannot swim past the breakers. And this huge wave slams me into the seabed, and I lose my rock. Okay, because I didn't have pockets. So I lose my rose quartz immediately. And I try, I swim out there for like 45 minutes. I could not get out there. And eventually I had to swim back because I was worried that I was going to die. And so basically I screwed the whole thing up. But when I get out of the water, Felicity's like, did you do it? Did it work? And I was like, yes, it worked perfectly. (laughs) Just like you wanted it to. And so Felicity's like, great, now my mission is over. And she was just ready for a good time. Her work was over, now she can relax. But essentially she was homeless and had no money. And we did get some money at some point so we could continue our trip. But we decided to stay there for a while and we got Felicity a room in a hostel and we paid for two of her meals every day. Um, and we were, you know, eating lunch and dinner with her every day too. And so we were friends and she did Reiki on me. She got a little sick at one point. So I gave her a pendant of mine, hoping that she could like draw energy from it to keep herself strong. But then the months go by and nothing changes and Felicity is still in good health and, you know, she hasn't died. And so she's going around town like word had got out that she was a bit of a psychic or something. And so everyone started to consult her. When their daughter wanted to get married, they would come to Felicity for a blessing. When they wanted to sell land, they would come to Felicity for a blessing. 
And she wasn't giving blessings. She was saying everyone was cursed. Like, if you sell this land, this tree on this land told me it's an ancient sacred site. And if you sell this land, there's going to be a curse on you and you'll die. And this is what she's telling everyone. So eventually I'm like, I won't allow this. You need to stop bothering all these people and frightening them. And she's like, I'm a psychic. I know. And I'm like, I'm a psychic too. So I know, like, I won't allow this. And she ends up getting into a big fight with me. And so we decide to stop paying for her hotel room and to stop paying for her meals. And we basically like ran her out of town. So now we're living in Mexico, having a great time and Felicity's not bothering us anymore. One day I wake up, this is just a little tangent, but you'll see why I wake up and there's a little tent underneath my window. And I look out and I was like, that's weird. What a dumb place to camp. And then I go down to the restaurant and I see someone that I think I recognize, but it's been a while. And it hit me. It's the ghost from <gasps> the river that we were camping on. This was a thousand miles away. It was in a different direction than he was traveling. And yet here he is in this other town in a different state camping right underneath my window. What? So I'm like, oh my gosh, hi, I remember you what happened and he goes well that night after you guys left i heard laughter on the road and i thought it was you guys like coming to play a prank on me so i grabbed my flashlight and i went out to meet you um between our two campsites where there's just like sugarcane fields and a river and he got halfway down the road and realized we weren't anywhere around and he heard laughter coming from the sugarcane fields. And so he shined his light into the sugarcane. And he said he saw red eyes staring back at him. So he goes back to his campsite and like removes all the sign that he was there. And he drives away and there was a gatehouse at the top of the road where a man lived. And he would let you have access to this land. But he had to honk his horn to get the gate man out because it was like two in the morning. So the gateman comes out and he says to him, why didn't you tell me? And the gateman said, because you wouldn't have stayed here if I did. Those are the ghosts of children and they protect my sugarcane fields. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's probably so much more effective than like a guard dog, like yeah. guard ghost children. <laughs> you would think, oh my God. Like the hound of the Baskerville. So, so he wasn't a ghost. No, the he camper. wasn't a ghost, but he had a ghost story to tell me after we met up with each other again, which I thought was so interesting. Yeah, but that's so weird because I really thought he was a ghost at the beginning. So, so he. Well, we thought he why was. Why was he? Why was he where you were? Was he looking for you guys or he what? Was, no, he was just traveling around. Um, the first time that we met him, he said that he was a couple months out of starting a really good job and he just wanted to see all of Mexico. So he was driving around. But he's from the weird south of Mexico. He was driving north like to Laredo. But we were driving south coming from California. And he ended up back south and was camping right there. So he and I spent a couple days together. We went hiking. It was fun. But you guys didn't encounter the sugarcane ghosts. No, we didn't. 
Thank wow. goodness. That is that is so weird in all of Mexico to run back into this person. Isn't that strange? Yeah. It's always been, and I got his email, but of course I lost the little slip of paper it was written on. And I just always wish I could contact him somehow again. It would be so great to catch up with him. But Maybe you'll run into yeah, him again. Alas, may, wouldn't that be the most Maybe he'll thing? be, maybe you'll see him in West Hollywood. That would be nice. <laughs> oh, I think so, his name's Manuel. I can't be sure though, but yeah. Did you ever see Felicity again, or is that the end of her? Yes. No. <gasps> so, okay. It's December now. It's right before Christmas, and I'm going back to California because I've had enough. It's been a long trip. And this person that I went on my trip with, who we both hate each other now, but um, on that last day, she runs up, and she's like, do you want me to tell you, or do you want to see for yourself? And I was like, well, see for myself, obviously. And she takes me to the window, and there's Felicity walking on the beach. Like the day I had already called the taxi to take me to the airport. I had my bags packed and there's Felicity in the same spot. I saw her on our first like days in this village. And so I go downstairs. I was like, wow, Felicity, uh, weird seeing you. And I said, how are you? And she goes, much better when you are not screwing up my life. And I was like, well, then I have good news for you. I'm leaving for the airport. And I guess there's no one to keep you out of town anymore. So welcome back. And she just like turned and walked away. So that was kind of the end. And then a couple, maybe months go by, maybe a year And I'm just noticing this string of bad luck and how I always feel terrible. And I realized that I was wearing the pendant that I had let her borrow in Mexico to help her feel better. And I just feel like she really connected with that pendant. And maybe she was kind of surreptitiously sending me a curse or something. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just do a little ritual to get rid of, like, whatever hold she has on this. And it was this little thing made out of obsidian. And I took the tip of a knife to it, like, just barely touched it. And the thing exploded. What? (laughs) Yes, it did. I barely touched the tip of my knife to it. And I was going to, like, mutter some words over and be like, the spell is broken. But I just barely touched the tip of it. And the whole thing shattered like across the living room it was just like hocus pocus i was (laughs) half scared but also like very impressed with my own ability at curse breaking so you know it was just i was feeling a lot of feelings and that was the last connection i had with felicity i don't know if she's living or dead i assume she's dead because she was old and very homeless so i don't know but that's those are my stories from Mexico. Was your life better after that? After yes, a hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. So having spent time with this Felicity person, do you feel that there is truth to the alien storyline? Um, I've had a lot of time to think about this and I feel like I do, or at the very least, she believed it so much that I knew she was telling me the truth, whether it was true or not. She Mm -hmm. believed it so hard. But then 
I started asking friends about it. I have this friend who's a fantastic astrologer and she knows all of the weird theories that are out there. And she was telling me, yeah, there are people who believe this. They're called Pleiadians. They, the Pleiadians come from another part of the universe and they come here and their whole thing is about, you know, energy transfer and time travel and all of this stuff. And she's like, it sounds like this lady believes that she is one. Yeah, it was, mm. it was very interesting. I've started reading about that as well, just because I have to understand more. I, I mean, even though it happened to me, I still don't understand it. So I do try and learn more, but then I hear these really bizarre things and I think that can't possibly be true. And then I stop reading the book, but is it any crazier than the story I've just told you? Like, I don't know. I mean, that's what every day I'm like, who am I to say what is real and what isn't? You know, you, right. hear, you hear and you experience things all the time that are like, there's no, if I told somebody this, there's no way they would believe me. Well, um, exactly. And that's like one of my other ghost stories. I never told anyone about this ghost until someone else was like, who is that little girl and why is she all wet? And I was like, oh my God, you see it too. <laughs> okay, wait can we hear that one this is after i get back from mexico but i'm living in oakland with a new boyfriend and we get into this apartment and there's a really long hallway to get down to our door and he's very superstitious so he was always like oh I, there's a ghost down there and i just thought he was being silly but i always saw the same image of the little girl in a white dress long dark hair i mean she looked just like the girl from the ring if i'm honest because she was all wet and so I think to myself, like, that's just my subconscious, right? It's just the little girl from the ring. It's nobody. But then a friend drove me home one day. He comes upstairs for a glass of wine and he goes, who's that little girl and why is she all wet? And I was so stunned that anyone else could see her. I just said, like, you could see her too. And he said, yeah. So she was always like a scary kind of spirit and would bother people. And I got tired of it because you know, people always felt uneasy. And so I went to her and I was like, look, little girl, I don't know who you are, but you can't just stand in my hallway and make everyone feel uncomfortable. Like you got to get it together and like smile, chase ball. I don't care, but you can't just stand here doing this. I was a teacher at the time. And so I was like giving my good teacher discipline. And you so get a hobby, like just staring at people in a hallway, exactly, dripping like, all over the floor. That's not a, a hobby. Bit, like do something else. Yeah. So um, she did. The next time I saw her, she cut, had kind of a smile and I thought it was cute. And so then I felt like, oh, now I have this friend who lives in my hallway. She's a ghost. Well, years go by and then it's time for me to move. And... I, since I was friends with the ghost, I was like, why don't you come with me to my new place? I'm going to miss you. And when I got to my new house, uh, I sort of like invoked her spirit. I was like, please come. I hope you come and enjoy it. And then I did see her again. And she's walking around very slowly, barefoot, looking in all the rooms like, oh, isn't that interesting? And she goes into the kitchen and she starts spinning around and she gets this like big wide eyed smile on her face. And I have this image in my head, like a vision of her standing next to a woman at a stove cooking, like holding on to the lower half of her dress. And she like hugged her mom. 
And she like spun around and disappeared. And I've never seen her again. Wow. And so she just looked very like a human living person. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like she was scary at first, but then once, you know, once I was nice to her, she stopped looking scary. Then she was just like a friendly ghost. <laughs> so maybe that's the secret. If you've got a scary ghost, like be nice to them. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like sometimes they, maybe because of when they were alive or something, they just think that ghosts are supposed to be scary. And it's like, that's honey, you can write your own story. You can, <laughs> you can change the face of ghosts forever. You don't have to be scary. Exactly. New PR. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much to Christina, to Katie, to Julia, and Jay. And as always, if you would like to be on a listener episode, all you have to do is email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com with the subject line listener episode. And just give me a couple little bullet points of some of the stories you might want to talk about on the show. And if you want to hear more from today's episode, go to patreon.com slash rosdressfeles for a couple of bonus clips and to see a fun video of me and some of my friends talking about spooky ghosts here in L.A., California. Please rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a ghost story, you could leave it in a five-star review. Or you could put it in our Facebook group called Ghosted by Rosdressfeles. Tell your friends about the show. Help me to spread the word. I am on Cameo at Roz Dresfales, Instagram at Roz Hernandez. You know where to find me. Ah, oh, I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Pines Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.